my mom sat me down. I was like, I think I want to be a doctor. She's like, what? Why? She's like, Evan, you're literally doing this already. Just do that. I was like, it was like, I never thought of that before. Oh, you mean I could just do what I love? So I think having somebody to give me that courage absolutely helps. So if you don't have somebody like that in your life, you have to be that yourself. Brave Bold Brilliant Podcast. I'm here today with Evan Price and he is the CEO and founder of Artist Collective. So joining us all the way over from the US. So welcome Evan, nice to see you. Thanks for having me, this is great. Oh, fantastic. We are going transatlantic people. We, Evan, you're in Chicago, right? The Windy City. Yeah, um, it's the snowy city right now, but yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some friends of mine that live in Chicago. It's a brilliant, brilliant part of the US. So yeah, fantastic. Next yeah. time we should meet up maybe in person. That's what we should do. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Yeah, it's a, it's the city that works, as they call it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, listen, Evan, we're going to get into some really interesting discussions around how you help artists, musicians, you know, and kind of bridge that gap between being a creative person, but also also marrying that with business right because we all have bills to pay and we all want to be able to monetize our our skills and all of our assets but before we get into all of that Evan can you just give us a bit of a backstory to how you got into this where you started and where you're where you are now really that'd be really nice absolutely yeah I myself started as a musician you know I found that I liked the drums in about fifth grade and uh, found my way onto a drum set and, you know, backing a, a metal band for a while. And it really came to me because nobody was really booking us and we were like having a hard time breaking through. So we were just like, screw this, let's just do it ourselves. So I just started booking our own shows. I was like 14, 15 and slowly started to realize that this was the path for me, the business side of things. But I was still tied to the creativity of it, of it all. But like finding a way to monetize it, I don't know, just gave me a lot of life, gave me a lot of energy. So I ended up going to school for it. I got a, a bachelor's in music business management um, here in Chicago. And now I work every day with who I call artistpreneurs who have accepted that same kind of mindset that I went through at 15, where it's like, hey, I love to do this create creative thing, but how do I put food on the table, right? Mm -hmm. How do I actually monetize what I love to do? Um, because there is a world where that can happen. You don't have to sell your soul to, to, to make ends meet. So I just have a lot of passion for for working with those artistpreneurs, as I call them. Oh, fantastic. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Well, Evan, you, you look still very, very young. Um, <laughs> I'm very jealous. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, well, listen, but I think it's important, isn't it? Because, you you know, you want to stay close to the cutting edge of what's going on in music and art, et cetera, with, you know, because obviously that's your clients and it's your passion where you started. But you also, as you say, bridging the gap between, you know, music, artists and, and being an entrepreneur and, and actually what does the very different skills, very different mindsets, actually. Um, so just just talk a little bit more around around the sort of the music industry, if you don't mind, in terms of, you know, what are some of the, the, the trends you're seeing coming through? How has it maybe changed, you know, since you started out in the industry? And, and just, you know, obviously there's a lot going on in terms of digital platforms, streaming, all sorts of things that I guess 
either provides opportunities or threats, right, to, to those sectors. So what, what's your impression on, on the sort of the, the sector and music industry? Yeah, I mean, the this industry by far moves, I think, the fastest over any other industry, just because how technology works and creativity, things pushing forward. Even while I was in school, like, things changed while my professors were teaching them. Like the next day he's like, yeah, forget everything I said. This, something just happened. Um, Spotify like was created, things like that. So I think that keeps it kind of challenging for musicians, like trying to always be ahead of the curve. I mean, I think that's true with the tech industry in general, but it just comes down to, you know, there's always this fear of like, it's too saturated. I mean, the newest stats that I've seen is like about 100,000 songs are released every day. Wow. So how do you break through that noise? Um, But for me, it's not leaning into the noise of like streams and putting out music. I think artists should still do that. But it's about how else can you make money? Because streams are not really it. Like once you get up there, up to the top, if you will, like, yeah, you could you could pay your rent with streams, but how else are you doing it? Um, and I think independent artists forget about that. They see the Drakes and the Beyonce's and the big artists and they're like, oh, well, they're doing it. Well, yeah, but they have their hands in a lot of other things. They have brand deals. They're selling merchandise. They're going on tour. So um, I think it's just hard for artists to see the big picture and find other ways to monetize. So, and that's what really brings me joy is tapping into artists already existing creative skills and finding a way to capitalize on that, if you will, Um, because the path is different for everyone, right? Some person might be an amazing performer and another one just might be good at coaching others or recording others or something. So figuring out what they're really good at, I think is first and foremost and finding a way to monetize it from there. Yeah, brilliant. I love that, actually, because you're you're right. You know, I think um, regardless of what business you're in, to have multiple streams of income is a smart thing to do, you know, uh, at any point of of your career or or life. I think it's something that I wish I had learned, you know, young when I was younger in terms of my career. And and I think it is very important. And sometimes you can you think there's just one path. But you're right. There isn't ever just one path in business. There's always more. And opportunities are everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sometimes you need someone to help you open your eyes and heart to that um, rather than just thinking, okay, it's all about being the next Beyonce. There's so many Mm -hmm. more different routes, isn't there? So let's talk a little bit then, um, Evan, about what those other options are for artists and and for musicians in terms of um, multiple streams of income. Yeah. And like I said, I think tapping into, you know, that lowest hanging fruit that you're already good at. I think a lot of artists are like, oh, I'm not good at this. So I need to work really hard to be good at that. When in the end, you can just look at your existing skills and say, how do I capitalize on what I'm already doing? And again, a lot of times people, artists in general, are you're too close to the to the glass to, to you know, to see through type of thing. So having somebody to be like, hey, you're already doing this and you're actually really good at it. Let's just use that. Um, And so an example would be like coaching. What we're doing a lot is working with artists who have a really good path of, hey, you've been able to make this happen with your own career. 
you could show others how to do that if you have a proven system. So songwriting coaches, vocal coaches, right? You don't need to be a, you don't need to be Beyonce's vocal coach to make a living being a vocal coach. Like you just need to have proven results. So it's like tapping into what you're already doing and what you're already good at is usually a good place to start. Yeah, I think that I think you're right. Actually, sometimes we we uh, we we beat ourselves up, don't we, about all the things that we're not good at, and we're very self-critical. Um, and actually, sometimes you know, yeah, harness what you're great at and and do more of that. And then you know, once you've got that sorted, okay, then add something else and move on. You know, maybe maybe you know, add an extra thing to your uh, a string to your bow. So I like that that philosophy you've got. Let me talk about the sort of the emotional side of, of creative people. <laughs> so sure. I'm I'm not a creative person. Well, I say I'm not creative. I'm a creative problem solver. I'm creative in business. But when it comes to the classical definition of art, you know, being creative, you tend to think of the arts, music, et cetera, uh, dance. Uh, so that's not me. I'm a very numbers focus kind of person so there is this sort of I think quite a different perspective versus someone that's creative and quite emotional and passionate and driven about about their 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 art and their craft versus the practical hard-nosed numbers perspective Mm -hmm. let's say around business you've almost got polar extremes so how do you you know get artists to still be great and passionate about what they do but at the same time open their mind to this other world which is probably quite alien to a lot to a lot of the people that you work with when you first start working with them how how do you bridge the gap i think that takes time um it can't be something you can shove down their throat i've noticed you know i've tried to do that that approach before um years ago and it definitely doesn't work i think it's just about me showcasing like you know leading first and hoping that that they follow kind of putting out content on social media about the importance of these business side of things these these numbers things and i think it's also important to showcase to them that they don't need to suddenly become you know a financial advisor like they don't need to be that numbers person overnight they just need to accept the fact that they that's a hole in their business that they need to fill somehow whether it's another person for instance i have a you know i'm I feel like I'm, I'm, I know what you're saying is I'm a little bit more on the creative side than the, than the initial like business side. So I have a business partner who is my business manager, who is very much numbers. So me being aware of the fact of where my, you know, drawbacks are allowed me to be a better entrepreneur. Cause I'm like, okay, who can I find who loves this vision too, who can kind of um, pick up on my slack and you know i can pick on the slack that, that that he has so i think that's important to just recognize what you're good at that's first and foremost you don't need to solve it yet yeah. but just be open to the fact that hey i'm not so good at this but i'm not gonna add a limiting belief and say i'm never gonna be good at this like the people who are always like i'm i'm bad with money like if you keep saying that you're gonna just always be bad at money <laughs> so it's like getting over those limiting beliefs is is Definitely difficult with creatives, but not impossible. Yeah, I love that. I mean, listen, there's a there's a great quote. I, I mean, I think it's been it's probably been used by a number of people, but the original it was Confucius, right? So those who think they can and those who think they can't are both usually right. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely touching on a on a really as, a real aspect that I'm very passionate about, which is around 
you know, actually telling yourself the right story, you know, that that positive internal dialogue around I can do this, you know, and I am going to do this and I am going to be brave and bold and and, and that's when brilliant happens. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. This kind of psychology behind it is so important, isn't it? And, and you know, essentially what you've just identified there, Evan, is around building essentially a power team around you that can can bring in those complementary skills um, that will support you. But you're saying have an open mind to it, recognize where your strengths are and continue to play to that, but fill the gaps um, with other people that are great at doing that stuff for you. Yeah, absolutely. Or just really love doing it too. Like not everybody is good at sales calls. Cool. Maybe you just learn it a little bit and then outsource it. So I think that's an important piece too. Um, you know, when you're a solopreneur, you kind of have to wear all the hats at first. It doesn't mean you need to do it forever, but you need to at least lay the groundwork for somebody else to come in and, you know, pick up where you left off. So yeah, I think that is important to be aware of what you're good at. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. I love it. So when someone comes to you, so let's talk about the business, Evan. And, and, and you know, because obviously, you you know, you, Artist Collective, it's, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's got a sense of community around it. You know, the word collective, I think, is pretty cool. Um, and like you say, you know, you work with musicians, but not just musicians, isn't it? It's creative people in general that cover mm-hmm. all aspects. So when someone comes to you, um, just talk, tell us a little bit about the business, first of all, you know, you know what type of clients you've got, you know, how people can get in touch and maybe engage engage with you as well um, if they're starting out because we can learn a little bit more about the business that you've got. Sure. Um, What we're focused on right now is we have coaching services. So we work with those artistpreneurs who have identified what their creative skill set is, but they maybe need help monetizing it or just help scaling it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So we, um, in 90 days, we help implement a framework our six-figure framework into their business. All the things that artists are overwhelmed about, which is like building funnels and websites and marketing campaigns and ads, all that stuff that isn't that exciting for creatives, but it is crucial, especially if you're trying to build an online business in 2023. So we help implement those exact frameworks that have gotten us results and our clients results um, to help take their take their business to the next level. I mean, our, our goal is we, you know, every artist comes to us and like, yeah, I'd love to have like, I'm like, what's your big goal? Like, I'd love to just be making six figures with my business. I think that's a, that's a number that always gets people excited. Like if I'm doing that, I'm going to be good. Nice. So we want to help get them to that level because it's hard for them to see how they're able to do that. Um, so in terms of clients, yeah, like you said, all creative aspects, all creative artistpreneurs, as we say. Um, but right now, a lot of songwriting coaches, you know, producers, vocal coaches, um, any kind of freelancer who sell their services online, our framework will absolutely work for. So we work with just creative people who want to build a business around what they do and they want to do it on their terms. Yeah, fantastic. So listen, what happens if the if the the next unfound Beyonce lands in your in your in your business? What happens then? Have you had any sort of examples where, you know, maybe it has been more on the coaching or the production side of things, but actually you've got someone who's a great singer or something and, and they've managed to hit on a deal or something that does take them back down that more traditional route of being a very, very famous kind of singer or, or artist. Have you had any of your clients ended up in that position because they've worked with you or is it more the other type of um clients that have been successful with you 
Yeah. I mean, I started in the industry. I wore a lot of different hats. I was a manager for a bunch of bands here in Chicago and um, around the U.S. Uh, I did that manager, like stereotypical role of the music industry. And to be honest, it didn't light me up as much as I wanted. I I continue to find myself creeping more towards the entrepreneurs than the artists. Okay. So um, if someone came to us today, I would probably refer him to refer them to the many contacts I've created that are managers that are working for labels and stuff, because, you know, I know what I'm good at and um, breaking an artist in this, in this music industry, isn't something that I can, you know, plant a flag in and say, I'm an expert in because I'm just not. So I would probably refer them respectfully to somebody else because um, I want to work with somebody. But a lot of times the, the, you know, that hypothetical person you're talking about also has a side business they're looking to do. Like you said, Beyonce has probably a handful of other businesses that is not around her touring. So I'd probably tap in and be like, so what else are you doing? Could you teach other people how to be a vocal, you know, how to sing and be a vocal coach? Like, so that's kind of what fires me up. So I probably ask more questions on what other business could we, could we build together? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. It's a great perspective actually. And there's, um, I, I've interviewed quite a lot of elite sports people for the podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, you know, in, in the world of football and rugby in particular. And, and, you know, there, there's, there's a parallel sort of situation here where someone that's been at the top of their game from, a, you know, a sort of a, a sporting personality at some point they will retire because physically you cannot continue to, you know, operate at that level in your fifties, sixties, clearly. But mm-hmm. what happens after what happens when you come out of the sport? What happens when you don't want to gig and tour anymore? You know, and I think finding that alternative purpose um, is also very important, you know, and maybe the clients that you're working with are, are sort of, you know, maybe at a younger stage of their careers and, and are sort of still very much building their business empires. But actually, if, you, if you're if you touring and you're gigging, it's exhausting, isn't it? It comes a point where you probably just go, as glamorous as it is, I've had enough. I, I need to have something else. And, and I think there's a there's a parallel there with the world of sports, actually, that, that's important as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, you know, align or have that analogy with what we do to like personal trainers mm. of sorts. Like we are help, we're gonna give you this framework to reach your goals, you know, for personal trainers, it would be to lose weight or build muscle. Ours would be to build your business or, you know, cut out the fat of your business that you're focusing on. Um, that one was a stretch, but <laughs> you kind of get the idea. Um, so yeah, I think there definitely is some parallels between yeah. you know, sports and, and music. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. So let's talk about social media, um, if we can, Evan, because it's, you know, it's a love it or hate it. It's certainly um, powerful. Um, So let's talk about leveraging social media for let's talk about the positives, first of all, for the benefit of business and building personal brands and, you know, making sure that you put yourself out to the world. Uh, Let's talk about that, first of all, and what your thoughts are on that. And then I'd like us to touch on maybe some of the more challenging aspects of social media that we all have to deal with. Sure. I think the positive, I think back to a, a post I just made the other day, which was how wild I think it is that we can post one or two things from a supercomputer in our phone and reach millions of people around the world in seconds. Like being able to push out your message instantly, like 20 years ago, 
you needed thousands, maybe even millions of dollars and this huge plan, a huge team and a name to yourself to even like get a commercial or whatever that is. So looking at it like that is really cool. Yeah, there's all the bad things like it's saturated. There's everybody. The algorithm hates me. But if you really look at it like we're, we're blessed, like you could put your message out there and find your audience and spend nothing. So it's pretty cool. Um, but I think it's in terms of leveraging it is find what your message is first, I think is important. Like have a message for people to actually connect to is first and foremost. Um, I find myself being less attracted to the people who are just out here for, you know, the vanity, like they're out here for the, for the, for the big numbers on social media. If you just have to really be wanting to help people and like connect in some level, have some kind of philosophy that people can say yes or no, whatever it is. So I think in that aspect is really cool in terms of how you can connect with people nowadays. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, I mean, it's it, it sort of made the world a lot smaller in, in lots of senses because you can reach people at the t- at the press of a button from your home. Everyone, everyone's a producer, right? Everyone's a film writer. Everyone's a, you know, a creative person on social media in that sense. But I think, yeah, you, some good advice there for anyone listening, you know, regardless of whether you're a creative person or a business person or running a charity, you know, you've got to know what you're all about. What's your message? Who are you trying to reach? Um, because you know, if that's there's a point around the confused mind does not buy or the confused mm-hmm. mind does not engage. Um, so even if you're not trying to monetize, you're just trying to build meaningful relationships. You know, you got to be clear on what you stand for, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely people out there that just use social media just to use social media. That's cool. Definitely yeah. not you know, down in those people. But when we're thinking about business and creating relationships and finding customers or clients or fans or whatever that is, like they have to connect with you on some level. You can't just be selling stuff all the time. It's you're going to fall into the noise. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think this is the thing, isn't it? I think sometimes we get obsessed by, you know, the vanity metrics around number of followers or, you know, what, what a number of likes and all that kind of stuff. But actually, you know, if you, I use LinkedIn a lot because obviously as a business platform, that's, that's, that's really great. I mean, I'm on, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on all of it, but um, for me, you know, my, my gang tends to hang out more on LinkedIn, right? My tribe. So, and that's fine. But I think what, what people sometimes get obsessed about the numbers and the followers and all of that, but actually, you know, if you're getting, I don't know, even 200 engagements on a post, maybe less, you know, if you were in a room with 200 potential customers, you'd be pretty happy with that. Right, in physically in a room, we had two hundred people that showed up to see you, or a thousand people that showed up to see you. You'd go, all right, that, I'll take that. Whereas on social media, we're always going, oh, is that all? Oh, I thought it'd be more. Um, but if they're yeah. engaged and they're they, they're interested in what you're doing and you're building, you know, credibility, like trust, etc., then those are those are powerful connections, right? Yeah, I mean, I just that that comparative that comparing culture is gonna kill your business. You know what I mean? Because it's not that black and white. I mean, I I know artists that have almost a million followers and a blue check that still don't know how to make money. Yeah, and I've got clients that have less than three thousand followers and they're making six figures. Yeah. <laughs> so it really just shattering that I think is important for people to know that, like you said having impact is more important. Having that, those active people, I'd rather have 100 active followers than a million passive followers. 
like uh, uh, just any day. So I think it is important to, to, to remind yourself that and it is hard to push yourself out of that. Like, oh, I always want more. I always want more. And that's what I found happens with a lot of like strictly musicians. Sorry if I trigger in anybody who's listening, but <laughs> y'all never are satisfied. You always want more, 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 more instead of really connecting and saying, wow, I've got a hundred people on my email list and they're like waiting to hear from me. Like that's a huge win. So um, yeah, I think it is really important to remind yourself that numbers aren't everything when it comes to social media. Like it's the impact that you're making with, with social media that really, really counts. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. I mean, you know, I've had business deals, relationships, six-figure deals come to me um, through business with people that have never liked to post, they've never commented, they've just been quietly watching in the background, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe they they send a private message to you or something. So, and it, you, you know, you never know. And I always like to think that sometimes you plant a seed and that, you know, you plant a seed and that tree might not grow for 10 years, but you planted the seed. Um, so you just never know, do you? And I, I love the, um, what I love about social media is the networking. You know, I believe that your network is your net worth. And, but you should never take it for granted. You should always lead with value because if you're only ever connecting with someone because of what you can get out of it, then that's the wrong approach. But if you're leading with value, being a good person, you're putting good out in the world, you're adding valuable content to people's lives that's useful, the law of reciprocity will come back to you in some shape or form. Um, but that network and those connections, it's like a web, isn't it? You know, you, you meet one person, yeah. that person knows, you know, a thousand people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating how it can all work, I think, Evan. Yeah, I mean, I've had people, for instance, who... I never see, you know, liking, commenting, doing anything, never really even knew they existed on terms of, you know, social media, send me a DM and says, Hey, I've been waiting around watching what you're doing for years. They've said, and I now feel ready to take the next step. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> this is cool. First of all, thank you. But like, just to your point, like you never know who's watching. You'll have, What's, what's the quote? It's like, you'll have a thousand, you'll have a thousand views and, and 10 likes because people like to watch your moves in silence. Mm. So just remember that like people are definitely watching. So it's just about like, I'd rather you put out, you know, value driven content once a week than just some fluff stuff for, to get vanity metrics every day. So just, yeah, like you said, lead with that value and um, people will watch your moves for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's powerful stuff, isn't it? Absolutely powerful stuff. So so we, when did you start the business, Evan? How long have you been going? Yeah, I started it officially in 2013. Um, and we just recently kind of shifted. Like I said, for a while, I was doing the management thing. I was kind of doing the entrepreneurial thing of, I don't really know exactly what I'm trying to do. I just know what I'm passionate about and the rest will fall into place. I think that's the beautiful part of being an entrepreneur, right? It's like you can do that. Um, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago, 2020, actually, things started to pick up in the coaching realm. So I'd like to bring a new perspective to COVID that you know, it, it was definitely, you know, shattered some people's lives, but I think it was, there was also some light to it. Um, that's really when things started to open up for us in terms of the creative realm, because I saw a lot of people who had stable jobs as they thought, 
get laid off, you know, their dreams shattered. And then they're just thinking, well, if this isn't even safe, I might as well just do what I love. So our clients like exponentially grew because they, you know, maybe they were living on some unemployment. They're like, I want to do this. Like I'm, I'm sitting at home. I'm bored. I don't want to go back into my accounting job. Cause I don't know if that's safe anymore. I might as well go all in on myself. So I think it was a really cool time for creatives to jump into that entrepreneurial side and build something for themselves. Um, so things really started to pick up for us. Um, we got mentioned in a billboard article uh, for being like a, a good resource for musicians online. So things really started uh, to push forward. And ever since then, we've just really been coaching, coaching artistpreneurs, helping them build their dreams. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. And you're right, you know, out of every you know, a situation of adversity, let's say, and, and COVID has been, you know, as you, as you rightly said, has been awful for lots of people. But equally, it has sort of, you know, given people almost the the freedom to try some new stuff, maybe, um, because their situation's changed or they've just thought, hey, life is too bloody short, right? I may as well give it a go. And one of the things that I, I feel very passionate about, Evan, is, is that, you know, I, I believe there's greatness in everyone. Absolutely, 100%. But there's such a high proportion of people that never actually fulfill their purpose. They don't, some people don't know it. And some people are too scared to try uh, because they're worried about failing or judgment or whatever. But you know what? Put yourself out there, give it a go. If it works, my God, you'll be absolutely delighted. If it doesn't, at least you'll have learned something and you can use that knowledge for next time of whatever you're going to do next. So, you know, don't have a life of regrets, right? Just go for it. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you're right. I think it's mainly the the scared piece of what if it doesn't, what if it doesn't work? I'm like, but what if it does? <laughs> have you ever thought about that? It's just about changing that inner dialogue with yourself. Like what if it does work? then I, it's exactly what I imagined. And if it doesn't, you're back in the same spot anyway. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've got nothing to lose. I mean, that's it. I, I often say to people, well, how bad can it be? You know, it, mm -hmm. I mean, unless someone's going to die here, actually anything else is fine. You can cope with anything else, right? So why not? Give it a go. Push out of your comfort zone. So, so Evan, where do you get your inspiration from um, in terms of creatively or from a business point of view? Mm, oh, that's a good one. Um, I think what really ignited me into more of the entrepreneurial side of things um, was the the <laughs> the wonderful Gary Vee. I uh, read his, read his uh, book Crush It, and it really changed things, and it really helped me be like I should be more outward on social media. So that really helped me um, really look at look up to him. Um, I also really like mindful things like uh, the meditation realm, I think fusing the business realm and um, being mindful about how you're taking steps, I think are really good. Like The Power of Now is one of my favorite books, The Four Agreements. So I think fusing those two is kind of where my niche would lie. Because um, it's not always about funnel hacking and doing doing all that. Like you can make all those moves, but if you're not really aligned with you know your purpose, what's it all for anyway? So... I think I draw inspiration from a, a lot of both of those realms, the business, the business side of things, the typical entrepreneurial uh, business growth, and then the looking internally. I think mm. it's a good mix. 
Yeah. And what I like about about what you're doing is that you you're you're treading you've trodden the path and you are still continuing to tread the path that you're also helping other people do. So, you know, it's not that you're just doing this and haven't done it yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, from your your transition from musician to entrepreneur, what's been the hardest thing for you, do you think, during this period? Hmm. Musician to entrepreneur. I think, you know, I struggle with a lot of the same things at times, at least at the big, especially at the beginning with a lot of that self-doubt that we were just talking about, like, what if this doesn't work? Um, So I think that a lot of that inner dialogue was, was something that I struggled with as well. And, and clarity on like how this is going to, what's this going to look like in the end? And I think just come, I needed to come to the understanding that I don't need to have the full puzzle figured out before I start putting it together type of thing. Um, I think that really helped me grow faster because I wasn't overthinking the process, which is a lot of creatives do, but like they have to figure out all the, all the realms and build the website and know how things are going to happen. Sometimes you just got to like start, <laughs> you know what I mean? So once I started going, it was really hard to stop. Yeah, that's great advice, actually, because you're right. You know, it's it, it's it's amazing to have. You've got a clear vision and a clear purpose and you know where you're heading. Of course, that's fantastic, you know, but life isn't always like that. Not everyone has that clarity. Maybe they just start with one small thing and just kind of give it a go and then it can evolve and it can appear to you over time. So I think that's right. Don't don't stress. Don't overanalyze and, and freak out. And I think very often as well, and you probably, I don't know if you get this with creative people, they're, you know, they, they're they creating something that's almost like this perfect hidden gem. And, and maybe there's a nervousness to put it out in the world because when you put it out in the world, people are going to judge it and not everyone might like what you're doing. And then you've ruined my perfect little creation. So I just keep it here for a while, you know, uh, and I'll find all these reasons why not to do it. Because whilst it's still here, it's still perfect. <laughs> but the point is, if you don't put it out into the world, then how are you going to inspire others and, and move forward? You know, do you ever see that with creative people, this nervousness of actually putting a, you know, something out there? You describe creative people perfectly. <laughs> Especially when we're talking about music, right? We go yeah. back to uh, just a song in general, like, a lot of times that comes from deep within someone. So it's really vulnerable to put that out. Mm-hmm. It's hard. What if people don't, what if they misinterpret it? What if they don't like it? All this stuff. So then they put it off and then end up not putting it out. Absolutely. That happens every day with creatives. So I think just put pushing through that um, the best you can. And I think that helps. What what helps that is is working with people having a mentor, having a coach, somebody to kind of push you forward and help you help call you out on those things. Um, If you don't have that internally, you need that externally for somebody to be like, hey, I think you're overthinking that. How about you just put it out? I think it's good. Let's go. Let's find other people that think it's good. People are probably going to think it's bad. Some people will, but who cares? Attract your tribe that way. So I think it is important to, you know, have somebody in your corner. Um, that's rooting for you. And like I said, calling you out on those things that come up that are throwing roadblocks. What I've seen more often than not is the roadblocks people are experiencing are put there themselves. It's not other things like, yeah, life happens, COVID happens and, you know, know, life events occur, but most of the time it's self-inflicted roadblocks you're putting up. So if you can't call yourself out on that, find some people on your team that will. 
Yeah, brilliant advice, actually. Yeah, sometimes it's holding the mirror up, isn't it? And saying, come on, let's just cut the bullshit here. You, you, you know, <laughs> the easiest person to lie to is yourself, right? Yep. <laughs> so, you know, having someone like you in, in their corner to, you know, to kind of encourage and, and push. And the, and the accountability, right? The accountability is to say, no, come on, we said we we're going to do this. Like, let, let's get on with it now. <laughs> you know, you're making excuses. <laughs> now, I always think that because I do a lot of mentoring um, in, in business, primarily either see senior execs who are in the boardroom and, and progressing their career or business owners that are already got good big size businesses that want to really scale up and you know very often it, it's around it's around the accountability and actually I always say listen it's a combination of someone that's going to be there to support guide offer advice will give you love and attention but I'll also be there to kick you up the backside if you're you know you're really not doing what you should be doing and if you're not up for that then I'm not the right person for you <laughs> sure yeah, I think that's I think that's well said. Um, and I think there is that that fine line because you have to kind of lead with empathy, but also call them on their BS, like what you're saying. But you don't yeah. want to go too far in either one direction because give too much empathy, you're just like, it's okay, buddy. Like, yeah, keep yeah, you tried. But you don't want to be, you know, the asshole that's just like, you're terrible. Well, why are you doing this? So it's it's that it's that balance. And I think that that comes in time when you're a mentor or a coach. Like you have to find that balance for yourself um, to really help push people forward. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you have a mentor or a coach yourself, Evan? Yeah, I've worked with several mentors and coaches. To be honest, I and I don't just say this because I am a coach, but it wasn't until I started working with him and I opened my mind to actually doing that, that I saw real growth. Mm. And again, I'm not just saying that forever. I was just like, I don't need, I don't need somebody's help. I can figure it out myself. I'll just do this. I'll do it, do it myself. It wasn't until a coach finally said, if you would have figured it out on your own, you would have done it by now. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, it stings, but you're right. So once I started to like, you know, really put my money where my mouth is and hire a high performing coach, I was able to, you know, I think a piece of that is just like, you know, putting up a lot of money is a, is a huge commitment. So that made me want to work harder. And also, of course, the advice that they gave, gave, they were able to get where I want to go so they can help me avoid those roadblocks and get me to a straighter path than like all over the place, which is where I was going. So, yeah, answer your question, work with several coaches over the years. And it, it's been great experiences. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I've always had, a, you know, in particular, I think at, at particular crossroads you know either a promotion or changing industry or starting a new business you know we, those pivotal moments I think are in particularly like invaluable to have someone that's going to be there to to kind of support you on that process and someone that's you know a good few steps ahead of you you don't want to you 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 need someone that's actually you know is 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 handing is putting their hand down and pulling you up the ladder you know not someone that's at the same level as you that's no good you need to be stretched and and someone that's kind of ahead of you and so you can learn from from their mistakes as well you know so you're absolutely right and and Evan you know as a business owner as an entrepreneur it can be really lonely sometimes at the top you know there's a lot of decisions to be made you're investing your own money or maybe investors money that you've taken to kind of grow the business um how do you keep yourself in good shape in terms of sort of your mental well-being, your, your kind of physical well-being, so that you're in as strong a position as possible to be able to deal with the challenges of being an entrepreneur and a business owner yourself? What do you do? Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with building the right people around you, building that team. Um, for a while, you know, 
in my early 20s, I was definitely doing it by myself. And I was not focusing on the things you just mentioned. And I noticed that once I started leveraging other people's strengths, um, I could kind of outsource that, if you will, to help alleviate some of that pressure. So for a while, it you might need to be a solopreneur. Um, but having that team there, I think helps with that mental well-being. Um, on top of that, you know, small things like really sticking to your goal setting, I think is important too. Um, if you wrote out all of the things that you ever need to get done and tried to focus on all of them, I'm telling you your mental well-being is going to be shot. Um, I definitely go towards like the outcome process goal process. And that's really, really helped me because I just be like, I need to just... I have this one big thing I want to achieve this year. Here are the 10 things that need to happen over the months. Let's separate those into months and weeks and days. And now it's so much clearer and I can just focus on those things um, because we tend to, you know, we tend to just focus on everything at once. So having those actionable steps has personally helped me and what the things I need to get done. Um, I can get them done. Yeah, no, that's great advice, actually. You know, I, I have a great mentor, Mark Homer, and, and he, he has an acronym for focus. And he says, it, you know, follow one course until success. You know, mm. and I think I think that's great advice. And yes, there will be other things and there might be two or three things. But, you know, the, the principle is absolutely right. And, and you know, as I think as creative people and as entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurs are also creative problem solvers in business, we get seduced by the shiny penny oh it's new things going on over here let's do a bit of that or oh no fantastic let's all go over here and my god it's exhausting but also you, you don't achieve anything you, you spread yourself too thinly and and I think you're right you know that that's a, that's a great piece of advice you know really focus on the you know the one big thing or the two big things that are going to really shift the dial and then break it down break it down into manageable chunks you know how do you eat an elephant you know one bite at a time and and I think that you know to so avoid the overwhelm which you can have and it's 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 really great and you know I'm sure the people you work with appreciate that sort of you know um support that you give them to not try to do too much in in too many different things at the same time you know um so mm -hmm. no that's great so so Evan when you look back through through kind of you know your business life your your kind of creative musician side of things um can you think of a, the the moment that you've been most proud of, or something that you're really proud of? You know, during your your time on this world so far. Yeah, I think when I helped our first client quit their job, I think that was a big milestone. It's a, a phrasing I would hear a lot, specifically with musicians. I just want to do this full time. I just want to make music and be a creative full time. And I want to quit my job. Not even necessarily a, a number like six figures attached to it. Just like, I want to be able to do only my thing. So I think that was a big, um, a, a great moment for me to be able to help someone do that as well. Um, and they're still doing it, touring the world, being a, a songwriting coach. So I think that was a big milestone for me. Oh, amazing. And can you can you think of the polar opposite of that? A time when you've been absolutely, you know, you at the at the low point, the low point of, of your kind of life or business life or musical life? Yeah. yeah. Um, business life. I think it was when I, I remember being really stuck at one time when I was like doing the the whole course building thing. And I felt like I was putting a bunch of great value into these self-driven DIY courses membership that we had. And there was a few people on there, but I noticed that they weren't even taking the steps 
So I remember being stuck and I'm just like, listen, like maybe my value, maybe I don't, I'm not giving enough value. Maybe it's, it's a me problem. Um, so to get over that, it was really just like shifting into this one-on-one accountability coaching department okay. as opposed to the course building. But I think that moment was like really hard for me to make that step. Um, and the person that helped me make that step was a coach that I hired to really help me be like, no, you're on the right path. Let me just help you get there faster. Um, so, but I remember being really, really stuck, like questioning everything, like maybe I have no knowledge at all. Uh, why, why isn't this happening? Why, you know, why, why is nobody taking the steps I want them to take? Um, and it was just a simple shift in things to really, truly really change the game for me. Mm, brilliant no that's great and that self-awareness is so important isn't it you know because I think otherwise we can sort of blindly keep on a certain path I was listening to um a YouTube video of Sylvester Stallone the other day this is a bit random right um but it was great and he was talking about how quitting you know is gets gets a bad rap and he said actually quitting is not a bad thing because if you're on the wrong path and you need to make a change that can often be the thing that helps you find your place in the world and what you should be doing you know and it was a really interesting perspective you know so yeah check it out it was it's a clip on on youtube and i, I was listening to it my uh, my other partner my partner chris sent it he said you gotta listen to this Jeanette. and i was like and we love all this you know motivational speeches and because i think what you feed your mind with feeds your soul and helps you be a better version of yourself and therefore what you put out into the world is going to be better so you know rubbish in rubbish out quality in quality out right and I think um, sometimes that inspiration often comes so yeah good old Sylvester Stallone he was my inspiration (laughs) in the gym the other day so there we are (laughs) awesome love that yeah I mean I wouldn't even consider it quitting I would think of it as hey take a quick 10 right reevaluate your strategy um, yeah, I mean, how, how I approach things and like getting over struggles and understanding that is I kind of look at, I look at life as like a video game and not in the aspect of <laughs> we're living in the matrix, but it's like, if you just play this game and you get, you go through all of the, your, all of the foes and all of the puzzles and you get straight to the final boss and there was no adversity at all, it wouldn't be a very fun game. Yeah. <laughs> you would just be like, I'm just going to go on, you know, and do something else. This was lame. You want some kind of a challenge. I face a boss and I come back and like, okay, well, he, he killed me again. So let's switch my strategy a little bit. So it, once you approach things like that and you never really, accept failure it's just you know a chance to learn and get to that goal eventually yeah, yeah absolutely fail your way to greatness that's what i say <laughs> fantastic so listen evan it's been great chatting with you honestly i really love what you're doing and uh, i've got a few last questions if i may so oh. you know when you think about your illustrious career in life so far can you think of the best piece of advice that you've been given absolutely <clears throat> do less better Brilliant. When we think of when we think of like creatives in general or entrepreneurs and going back to that goal setting, don't do all of the things okay. Like find what it is that you really shine at and just do more of that. Um, it goes from your day to day to your overall vision. Um, just do things in your life a lot better and focus on mastering that craft if you can. 
whatever that might be. If you're a vocal coach that helps people go from un, you know, scared to even sing in front of their family to a confident vocalist on a stage of 100, like be really, really good at that. Don't try to solve everybody's problems. So I think that really changed the game for me when it came to advice. Yeah, brilliant. I love that one. Fantastic. And can you think of any bad advice, Evan? <clears throat> um, stay in your lane. <laughs> you know, I think as much and that, that kind of goes a little bit against my best advice, but I think that's, you know, it's cool. Um, it's okay to evolve a little bit. If your lane eventually changes, if you feel like you've mastered that craft enough and you want to switch it up, that's okay. Nobody is forcing you to stay in this niche you've created for yourself. But then go all in on that thing, if you will. So I, as much as I love niching down, I think it's important to stay malleable uh, as a business owner and just acknowledge the fact that, cool, maybe I'm not that great at sales. Let's take a couple sales calls and, 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 and polish that up a little bit. Yeah, Leah, no, fantastic. You're right. It's it's one of those, isn't it? It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> sometimes it's good and sometimes it's good to it's yeah. better to not to not stay in your lane and to be open-minded to to opportunities that might come up. So yeah, great. I love that. And you know, this podcast is called Brave Bold Brilliant, which is, you know, the core values that I try to live by. And it's I think you do exactly the same, Evan, with what you've, you know, achieved in your own life and for the people you help and etc. But you know, when you hear that brave, bold, brilliant, what does it mean to you? I think it means to just be authentically you, even when the external forces are telling you not to be. I think that's where that 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 brave and the bold comes into play, like finding yourself internally and having the courage to kind of go for it and follow what you love. Um, one of the things that really got me started in all this was I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I was at the time I was like, running my own shows and I was 14 and I had like a promotion company and my mom sat me down. I was like, I think I want to be a doctor. She's like, what? Why? She's like, Evan, you're literally doing this already. Just do that. I was like, it was like, I never thought of that before. Oh, you mean I could just do what I love? So I think having somebody to give me that courage absolutely helped. So if you don't have somebody like that in your life, you have to be that yourself. You have to really be bold and go out there and get what you want. Oh, I love that. What a perfect way to end the podcast, Evan. It's been an absolute joy. It really has. And honestly, look at us going all transatlantic over to Chicago. So it's been fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Great conversation.